listening to Make Your Way, Season 7, Episode 8. Welcome to Make Your Way, where we explore what it means to work and create on your own terms. Along with every episode, we post links to resources mentioned in the episode, along with a full transcript. You can find these materials at drkatylinder.com backslash MYW. Hey, Katie, how's it going? It's going well, although I'm a little nervous, Sarah Langworthy, to talk about our beards. <laughs> I, yeah, I listened back to the episode and I was like, oh, Lord, okay, we're going to go to all these places. Okay. We're going to go. It's, I believe in the episode that we're referring to, we talked about the possibility of having a vulnerability hangover and it might happen again. We'll see. Oh, yeah, totally <laughs> ready for that. Well, and I would also say for people who are just kind of catching up on this, we're doing this retrospective season. Sarah and I are referring to an episode from season one, I think episode three, it'll be linked in the show notes where we talk about our biggest fears. So if you, you should go back and listen to that episode. If you're listening to this and it would be probably more interesting to you (laughs) to hear what we're (laughs) going to say now after you listen to that episode, because it was so early in the, in the formation of our businesses that we were talking about that. So, yeah, I mean, it was November of 2017, which feels like a century ago because it kind of was. Um, yeah. But, you know, we talked about a lot of different things in that episode that we were uh, feeling deeply as like kind of inherent fears about running our businesses and, you know, as being people in the world. Um, but Katie, I have to start with a little giggle because in that episode, you <laughs> I said know exactly what you're going to talk about. <laughs> you said, well, I mean, I could pick up and move anywhere. Like I could move to Kansas. I'm not going to do that, but I could <laughs> pretty much yeah. verbatim. That's what you said. And that's, to, that's to a little Easter listeners. egg. That's a little Easter egg in our, our seasons that, yeah, it's somebody actually wrote to me months ago and they were like, do you realize that you said this in 2017? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> and for those listeners who were like, wait, why is this funny? Katie now lives in Kansas. I moved hey. to Kansas. <laughs> I moved to Kansas. So you're, your subconscious in 2017 was telling you that you needed to move to Kansas, apparently. Well, Kansas was actually a part of my kind of vision for myself for a long time. And I don't remember when it started. So I kind of wonder, it can't have been that early though. It might've been like the following year, but like, I, I'm, I'm sure I've told this story in other places, but I was flying from Portland to Atlanta and I hate long flights. I hate mm-hmm. travel. I mean, we've talked about this before and I was on the plane looking at that little map in the seat, you know, that they have in front of you. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Where can I move that's in the middle? (laughs) Right in the middle where it's like, everything is equidistant. No flight's going to be more than like two hours long. And I was like, oh, Kansas City, right there, right in the middle. (laughs) I now live an hour west of Kansas City. (laughs) Not that I've had to travel anywhere for the last, you know, however long because of COVID. But honestly, and then I went home and I was like, to my partner, we need, we need to move. We need to move to the middle. And he was like, Absolutely not. <laughs> Eventually I wore him down and that's why you we are in Kansas. Kansas. Now you're in Kansas. Oh, it's so funny. Anyway, that just so, yes. that brought me some joy. But yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, Katie, you know, I'm, I'm curious kind of where you want to dig in here. Um, there were lots of different things that we talked about in that episode and things I think that still resonate for us and things that we have since shed and, you know, acquired new fears because that's what life is all about. Um 
I, in there, we talked about the fear of failure. That was, that was my big one at the time. Uh, Katie, you talked a little bit about feeling trapped and how like you really hate that feeling. Um, so yeah, I'm curious if you want to start there kind of, are, are you, does that still resonate with you that, that fear of being trapped in, in a, in a place or a job or position that you just, you don't find fulfilling anymore. Um, how is that, how's that hitting you now? Yeah, I mean, I definitely resonate with that. I think that it is part of why I moved. Um, and I, I had kind of hit a little bit of a ceiling at my last job where I wasn't feeling challenged. And I, I just kind of knew I needed something different, but I also needed something that would allow me to level up a little bit just in terms of leadership. And um, there just wasn't really a pathway for that at my, mm -hmm. my previous job. Um, and it, at least not a pathway that I felt was kind of aligned with where I was going and what I wanted to do. So I think that, and and this is also something I'd really like to normalize for people. Like it doesn't, yeah, I think I've maybe talked before in other places about this great thing I saw on social media that was basically like, not every transition has to be a drama. And this is a great example of like, you know, you can just move on, you can evolve, it's fine. Like it's it's not a big deal. You're not betraying your employer. I mean, it's, it's fine. So um, I definitely, that resonates with me in the sense of, um, I think in this COVID period, many of us have maybe felt a little bit of claustrophobia of just like being a little bit stuck. And I was actually at a conference, a virtual conference this past week, and uh, I was leading a session on career development during this COVID period and particularly mm -hmm. helping people to recognize, have they picked up new skills during this period? Are they wanting to take that into a next kind of career transition? What's the timing of that? You know, those kinds of things. And people were talking really openly about how timing right now is really challenging because for those of us who are working full-time in higher ed, there have been um, hiring freezes. There have been, you know, situations where like interim positions have been taken away and people have been like demoted down to a previous position. Um, there are situations where because people can't hire, teams are incomplete. And so people are doing work that they wouldn't normally do. And there's just a lot of questioning for people of like, should I wait this out? Should I move on? Like, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of that going on right now in that conversation that I led. And I feel like I am not the only one who has this feeling of like feeling trapped, feeling like something is out of your control, but that has been a huge theme of COVID period for people. <laughs> so I would say, um, for me, one of my coping strategies, which I've talked about in a couple other places, is getting credentials, uh, which I have done uh, with fervor during this period. And it really has helped me to feel like I'm leaning into this concept of being nimble, um, growing my own skills, making sure that I am like marketable and that I can move on if I if and when I want to move on. And this is something, Sarah and I, we kind of briefly talked about this before we started recording, like this is like deep seated stuff. This goes back to like my childhood of like, I needed to feel like my career could sustain me, that it was solid, that I had stability, um, things that I didn't always have, you know, when I was growing up. And I think that I felt very strongly, and, and this is why my partner is such a good fit for me, that I needed to invest in my career, like, and, and that I needed to have the degrees and I needed to have the experience that would allow me to pivot, that would allow me to kind of do what I needed to do. Fortunately, he agrees and has gone along and followed me around the country as I've done that. Um, but I think that this is, this COVID period has been kind of a reminder of that, that I dig into, like, 
if I can't trust anything around me, I trust myself. This is the radical self-trust piece. So I dig into my own development and I'm like, what can I learn? How can I grow? How can I offer, you know, something different or more? And it's, it's not in a, um, desperate kind of striving way. I think that that could come across as being like, you're never satisfied with yourself kind of situation, which is not what I'm describing here. It's, it's a different feeling for me of just, I, when I make an investment, I invest in myself before I invest in other things. And so that's been a big part of this year for me. So I think that I don't feel stuck. I don't feel, you know, I feel like I could pivot if I needed to. I feel like I could um, make a lot of different choices right now if it came mm -hmm. down to it. And I, I was put in a position where I needed to do that. And I feel like I have the support structures and the financial structures and other kinds of things that I would need to do that. So, um, but that's been like a lifelong project <laughs> <laughs> to get myself into that place where, you know, I, I, we talked a little bit last time about like life design, like we've designed our lives to be a certain way. I feel like I've designed my life um, in a very particular way through choosing the partner that I chose, choosing the career that I chose um, or the careers, if you wanted to refer to it in plural. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's super interesting to hear you talk about that. And I think there's, there's a nugget in there that, that I, that I want to reemphasize for listeners, which is like realizing where your patterns of behavior come from, you know, recognizing what it is about how you were brought up, what you've experienced, how you've approached the world in the past and how that informs how you do things now. Um, and, and doing that without judgment, right? Like, so, so recognizing that every choice you make and every sort of pattern that you get into has pros and has cons, right? There are trade-offs for, for everything. And so, you know, figuring out for you based on what you have done previously and based on your own experiences, like acknowledging where those things come from and the potential for kind of taking them to an extreme that isn't good for you and, and knowing then where the value comes out of that too, right? right. Like having that self-sufficiency and having that ability to pivot and change at the drop of a hat, if you needed to, like, that's a huge value. Um, some of the trade-offs that come with it maybe have been less awesome, <laughs> but, you know, recognizing that one is not better than the other, but there are going to be trade-offs kind of how you, however you approach this and kind of knowing where that comes from and having that awareness, I think is really key and being able to be confident in the decisions that you're making moving forward. So I just want to call that out. Good job. Yeah, no, I think that's really, <laughs> I mean, I would also say that non-judgment extends into the past too. Cause like mm -hmm. I could look back into the experiences I've had that have led to that and look at that with like a critical eye or look at that yeah. in kind of a judgmental way. And I would rather look back at that and see what are the lessons here yep. from, yep. from this experience and how do I then set it up in my life so that I don't experience that same thing or that I don't find myself in a situation that feels, you know, not aligned or, you know, however we want to frame that. So I do think that, yeah, there's definitely stuff we can bring out of that. I would also say it's important to embrace some of those things. Like, I mean, why, why build it into your life in a way that you're kind of constantly fighting it or not acknowledging that that's part of your past or background yep. of experience. It's like, nope, I, I came from a it place is. where there was some instability there. And I, yep. I have since then built up <laughs> systems for stability and, and that has served me really well. And, and I can recognize that. And so I think that, yeah, you're right. The self-awareness piece is huge and also making sure that it's being 
shaped into something that feels positive and not something that is um, further constraining. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, Katie, this is maybe a slight tangent, but I'm, I'm just, this question popped into my head and I'm wondering what you think about it. How much do you think our, our current fears stem from sort of a lack of awareness or self-awareness or having, having sort of plumbed the depths, so to speak, of, of a particular behavior or thought pattern or emotion even. Um, how much do you think our fears rise from that and that sort of not having delved into that work versus, mm -hmm. you know, any sort of rational reason for why we might fear something, which is also a real thing. Like, I'm just, yeah. I'm curious what your thoughts are in that. Well, I feel like a lot, I've mentioned this back in, you know, season one, I feel like my fear around how I'm perceived by other people or liked by other people is totally my 13 year old self. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just, you know, that, that belonging, that wanting mm -hmm. to feel like you belong and also recognizing that there are just elements of my personality and elements of who I am that didn't do not naturally fit in places. Mm -hmm. And, and I've embraced those elements. I feel comfortable with those elements. I talk about them frequently, you know, like things like being an introvert, you know, like, and, and just like, I've really embraced some of those things. So I do feel like self-awareness brings me to a place. And, and I thought when I was listening back, I was like, oh yeah, I'm an Enneagram three. Of course, that's how I feel about things. Like, cause right. you're very performative as an Enneagram three. And not that I'm like fully in belief about that system, but I was just like, yep, if I think about that, it clicks. Like there's certain parts of my personality that kind of make sense there. And I think that part of it for me has the more self-awareness I have, the more, um, the more I just don't care about other people and what they think. <laughs> That's kind of the bottom line. I, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. It's like, I'm going to be as self-aware and as other aware as I can in terms of how I'm treating people and what I'm creating and how I'm serving my community. And if that's not for you, okay, go, go fine. on your way. Yeah. And find, yeah. find what you need. And I've, I think I've talked about that in earlier parts of this season and other spaces where it's like, I want to help you. And if I'm not the right person for that, I'm glad, you know, like, mm -hmm. I, and I'm, I, maybe I can help you find someone else. So I think that since we recorded that, I have done work in that area, you know, or, or mm -hmm. it's just evolved over time where I've gotten more mature, you know, as a human being or as a business owner, where I just don't, I'm not as concerned about that performative piece. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, yeah, not to get like too into kind of the therapy side of things, but like, I do think that a lot of the stuff that we have fears about is rooted in a past experience. And, mm -hmm. and some of it, I think we have control over some of it, I think is very unconscious, you know, and raising it to the surface may increase our awareness of it, but I don't know that it necessarily makes the fear go away. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I still have, I, I think, fear of stuff from my childhood that, I mean, my partner and I talk about this and he's like, I can't believe you're still like dealing with some of this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I've been in therapy multiple times. I mean, it's not as if I'm not doing the work, but right. it's just deep rooted stuff that, yeah. you know, it's, it just affects you. It affects your relationships. It affects, you know, all kinds of things. So, I mean, I, I guess I would say yes. And I, I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, they're not doing the work or they're not working right. hard enough. If like, they're still right. feeling this stuff, because like some of it's just, it is what it is. And you're probably going to feel it your whole life. And, and I'm sorry for that. You know, like, it's not always going to be a positive thing, but like, what lessons can you take from that? What can you learn about yourself? How can you keep growing? Um, while recognizing that like you might be reckoning with that for 
mm-hmm. a good amount of time. <laughs> well, and that's and okay. Just, I mean, and even just like figuring out how to, how to recognize it and not attach a lot of like guilt and shame and that oh, yeah. kind of like stuff that's coming up too, again. Right? Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like knowing mm-hmm. that that's part of your narrative and like, and, but it, it is interesting how certain things pop up in different ways. And then yeah. you kind of like, you look at it from a different angle and you're like, oh, that's what uh, that is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but I've, I'm going to turn it back to you, Sarah. Like, what are some of the things that you're thinking about with this? Cause I think that there's, yeah, there's some deep seated mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, we really got into it. Well, apparently my dogs have a lot to say about it. Apparently so. <laughs> Apologies for the background background parking. Well, it's not the helicopter that we heard in an earlier <laughs> earlier episode. We are recording from life, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think for me, uh, you know, it was interesting listening back to 2017, Sarah. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I, I chuckle with all love because um, there were some things I talked about there that I look at now and I'm like, yep you have been through some stuff since then. Um, so for, for those of you who listened back, you'll, you'll know that, that the biggest feel, uh, the biggest fear I talked about was failure. Uh, and what I meant by that was sort of what if this kind of implodes in a way I'm not expecting? And what if I'm not able to kind of choose on my own terms, how the business, you know, if the business ends, how it ends. And, you know, I, I want that autonomy of choice. Um, and just feeling like I would kind of let myself and others down if I didn't kind of do this to the best of my ability and have it be what I have envisioned it to be. Um, I think there are, there are elements of that that are still true, right? I still um, hold myself to very high standards <laughs> for my work and for what I want to do. Um, I have ideas and plans and all of that. Um, I think over the last couple of years, I have really gotten better. I'm by no means perfect at this, but I have gotten better at weathering uncertainty. And um, so, so to give you a little bit of a timeline, dear listeners, uh, things that happened since 2017. So we recorded that probably like late summer, maybe early fall, I don't remember, 2017. So uh, in September of 2017, um, we had been dealing with my, my dog Bingley. He had had cancer that we'd been dealing with all throughout the year. And in September of 2017, um, my husband had to put him down while I was on a trip to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so that was not great because uh, I could not be there. And so I was dealing with the grief of our, it was our first our first pet that w- the two of us had together and the two of us uh, had to say goodbye to. Um, two months later, we found out that my husband's father had ALS. Uh, then in, I think it was January of 2018, um, we learned that I had significant fertility challenges for us starting a family. <laughs> it was a rough few months. <laughs> um, and so it was just sort of this compounding effect of things that were not expected, that were not a part of the plan, that came out of left field, that we could never have predicted, and a huge amount of grief with that, both with the things that we were experiencing, um, as well as the, the sort of upheaval that it caused in, in our lives and in the plans that we had for our lives. And so, um, you know, my father-in-law, he passed away in, in May of 2018. So that was a very short time. You know, we spent a lot of time back and forth and trying to get things in order and, uh, and all of that during that, that window, um, you know, also figuring out what kinds of 
treatments I would have to under, undergo if I wanted to explore fertility in a very serious way. Um, so just a lot of stuff happening all while I'm trying to grow a fledgling business. <laughs> it was super great. <laughs> um, and so I really learned like where my limits were um, emotionally and psychologically uh, to be able to kind of think about work in a time of extreme stress, which was like, I didn't have a lot of capacity to think about how am I gonna grow my business in this context? And so for those of you who are listening from this place of like, COVID time is terrible. Yes, it is. There is a lot happening. And for a lot of a lot of listeners, you know, an incredible amount of grief and loss that are happening for you. And, um, you know, I, I want to acknowledge that. And I also want to say, like, if you're not in a place where you can think about your business growth right now, that is okay. <laughs> uh, there is, there's a lot of other important things to be wrestling with and, and giving that that grief and that process of kind of getting through some stuff. Uh, that was one of the best things I was able to do for myself long-term because now I look at, at failure differently the, the way I defined failure. I, I look a little bit at who I am as a, as a person differently. Um, I recognize that from my history, I, I put a lot of value in what I was able to do to make or do or achieve or accomplish um, how I, I, I put a lot of personal stake in how useful I was to other people, not who I was to other people. <laughs> um, and so there was a lot of work that I, I had to do to kind of unpack, especially in this time where I didn't feel like I had a lot of value. I didn't feel like I was contributing to society in, in ways that I had always sort of prided myself on being able to be helpful and useful to other people and, and do great work in that period where that just was not possible. That was yet another kind of hit to the, to the boat, so to speak. <laughs> um, so there was a lot of, of stuff that I had to kind of work through um, on a personal level, but also on that professional level of like reminding myself that I, I as a person have more value than the work that I produce. That's something I do still struggle with. Um, I know where my tendencies are. Like we talked a little bit about this awareness piece, like Katie, I feel like I have a lot more awareness <laughs> for my tendencies, uh, when it comes to periods of stress and uncertainty. Um, and one of the things I, I did really early on in the pandemic was I was like, okay, how can I be useful? Like that was my coping strategy early on it, when this huge wave of uncertainty of like, what is the world even going to look like? Um, and I've, I have found a lot of value in that, but I've also had to remind myself that like my inherent value as a human being is not about how useful I can be to other people, it, that it is more about who I am as a person and how I show up in my life in a variety of ways. Um, and so I do have to kind of continually remind myself that, especially in periods where I feel a lot of fulfillment in my work, actually. Those are the times when I need to poke myself and be like, okay, this is great that you're feeling that. And also, how are you doing on the rest of your stuff? <laughs> are you, you know, how are you engaging in, in other spaces as a friend and as a, as a spouse? And, um, you know, what do you need to be doing differently in those spaces to make sure that you are, are taking care of, of others that way and of yourself that way? So um, I'm by no means perfect at it, but I feel like I'm a little more aware than I was in, in 2017 about what what failure means. I look at that definition that I had, you know, of like going down in a blaze of glory and I'm like, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, it would be something new. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I say that a little tongue in cheek, but I, I feel like I've, 
I've gone through a lot in the last few years that have brought me to where I am now. Um, it's not to say I don't have fears going forward, and I, I know we'll probably get to that that big question next here. But uh, yeah, I'm feeling a little more stable about who I am as a person and as a businesswoman. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, if we if people listen back to like the first or the last couple of seasons, you constantly refer to this period as like dumpster fire after dumpster fire. <laughs> I mean, it was just like that was the language you used of just like, and you weren't always you know, open about what exactly you were dealing with, but just like you were dealing with some stuff. And I do feel like there is this in some cases, you know, more than others, but like 2020 felt like that for a lot of people of just yeah. like, you know, everything was getting thrown at you and it just felt like a dumpster fire of a year. And we can go through a lot and we can pick up a lot of knowledge along the way about ourselves yeah. and other people and, and what's important and our priorities. And yeah, I think people are still coming out of that. Uh, mm -hmm. I think 2021 is a an interesting time for a lot of people because we continue, you know, 2020, we've kind of marked it on our calendars, but 2021 is not all that different so far. Right. So right. we're continuing to be in that period. And I think, like you said, people have got to, we all have to check ourselves of like, what can we really accomplish when mm -hmm. all of this other weight is on our shoulders? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I really, my, my hope for this, this period for us collectively as a, as a society is that I would hope that we would be a lot more compassionate going forward about grief and about what it actually does to you um, on an individual level and stop expecting people who, you know, just lost a loved one to suddenly be able to perform at work, right? Like, it's just not reasonable. And I hope that as much as like, this has been an awful and painful period for so many, for so many of us, like it, I hope that we can take that part that forward as a, as a learning and can can be compassionate to ourselves as well as to other people about what our expectations should be. Um, because it's not like there were days I could not do more than like two emails and I had to just be okay with that, you know. A one email day, sometimes that is a success. Sometimes getting out of bed and taking a shower is a success, right? So uh, understanding that sometimes your your level of what you can manage is just going to be weighed down by things that are happening in your life. And that's okay. <laughs> we need to have forgiveness for ourselves and for others with that. Like I, my hope is that, that we can take some of that forward at least. Well, and I think there was this whole other layer of 2020 as well about kind of this experience of collective trauma mm -hmm. of the pandemic, but also when we had the events over the summer with Black Lives Matter and with some of these other kind of events that were happening around the, the US, I was having this moment of like, oh, okay. So there are large groups of people who've been experiencing collective trauma all along. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now uh -huh. I'm experiencing it and going, how are any anyone who's doing this? Like, how are you excelling? How are you doing? You know, like it just yep. gave me a totally different understanding of, yep. And not, I should be clear, not an understanding, an awareness. I, mm -hmm. I don't feel like I understand the collective trauma of people of color. I feel like I have an awareness now that is different than I had mm -hmm. before. Um, and I agree with you. I'm hoping we have more compassion come out, coming out of that. I think there are some avenues in which that is going to be the case. I think there are some avenues in which it won't be the case to just be honest about that. Just what we've seen yep. Yep. in this, in these past months. But um, it's definitely, you know, like, I, when I think about fear, it puts things into perspective mm -hmm. to have a year like we've just had 
um, yep. and to be able to think about what we're all capable of doing, both ramping that down, but also having a more complex understanding of like, look at what has happened, look what we have been able to do. You know, like I look yeah. back sometimes and I'm like, I'm not sure how that happened. You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how I was able to accomplish, you know, X, Y, or Z thing. And yet, you know, like it, mm -hmm. it did happen and it was possible. So I think that there's just, it expands our understanding about capacity and yeah. Yeah, but we, we probably Agreed. should turn our attention <laughs> to current fears. What? Oh, <laughs> I, I honestly have not given this much thought. I'll just say like, I'm, yeah. this is going to be like off the top of my head stuff because I was preparing for kind of other parts of our recording and I didn't really get this far. So are there things, Sarah, that you're thinking about that are kind of immediately like, yep, this is something I'm still dealing with or something that has that's come up for me that is new? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I also haven't hadn't given this haven't get, hadn't given this a ton of uh, pre thought, so I don't know that this is going to come out in any semblance of order. But um, I I think there are you know personal fears. There are some professional fears, but they are less. Um, they're less fear provoking. And I think that, I think that that has to do with 2020, <laughs> frankly, it has mm -hmm. to do with, with sort of the shift in, um, you know, priorities and understanding like what actually is important in the world. It's, it is the people you love and care about, uh, you know, that, that, that is really the, the thing to focus on. But, um, you know, I think for me, a fear in the business side of things is just how, you know, how best to be responsive. And my fear would be that I, I wouldn't be responsive in the ways that I need to, both for the health of the business, as well as for my own health uh, and self-care and values, right? So it's, it, for me, the fear is like getting pulled too far in one direction or the other. So finding, you know, kind of settling into a balance and feeling like that's kind of elusive in some ways going forward. Um, and I would tie, you know, some personal things in with that too. Like, I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> so, you know, if I do actually want to grapple with some of the fertility challenges and some of those sorts of things, you know, I haven't really wanted to do that in the middle of a pandemic for obvious reasons. Um, but as we start to come out of this, I'm, I'm going to have to face that. And, and I have to face not only what that means for me personally and like what I'm going to put my body through if I'm going to do that and how, you know, what is all of those decisions, but also what does that mean for my business? If I'm going to do that, what do I have to allow for and schedule for? Because I think about the period of the next couple of months that I've got lined up and I'm like, there's no space for, you know, for something to plan for something like that. And so I have to think intentionally about how am I planning my life professionally and yet also not get so bogged down in, you know, being obsessive about a fertility journey that it takes away from my business because what if the fertility thing doesn't work out, right? So it's like, it's all of these kind of overlapping fears, like how do I build this life that I want and which life do I want and how do I want it and what, how, how do I make it work for me and not detract from me, you know, really minor concerns <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. Uh, uh, but just yeah, existential just, questions. Just it's fine. Existential questions. <laughs> Who are you? What's your identity? How do you fit in the world? You know, things like that. No big deal. Um, you know, I, I will also say that I feel a lot more 
confident in my ability to wrestle with those things as they come. Um, but there is definitely some trepidation involved in that and, and really considering what am I willing to, to sacrifice on either side of that equation. Um, and what does that mean for me and about me and who I am and all of those things. So, you know, just a little existential dread. <laughs> That's what I'm fearing. <laughs> I bet a lot of people who are listening to this can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's a whole thing. Super fun. <laughs> what about you, Katie? What are you uh, wrestling mm. with? Well, I feel like I, the performative thing that I talked about in the, the season one episode, I feel like it's not there as much anymore, but I feel like it's been, and I'll, I'll say like the trap feeling. Oh yeah. Totally still there. Like absolutely <laughs> dealing with that. I mean, in different ways, but um, wanting to have a lot of choice, wanting to have a lot of autonomy, like, and I've built that into my career in, in some pretty significant ways. The thing that I think has come up for me most recently, and part of it is because I do, I am starting to feel the boundary of my own capacity is just this concern that I'm going to let people down um, and that I'm going to kind of not show up and be my best self, you know, like, and so I've, I've really been kind of working on how do I not overschedule myself and, and just like really trying to like the whole, put your own mask on first. Like, I mean, if I'm going to be serving other people in the ways that I'm doing it, I really need to be serving myself and like making mm -hmm. sure that I'm rested and taken care of and all those things. But I would also say, I think that there is, um, I would certainly not call myself a perfectionist. You know, like, I think there's a lot of areas where I'm willing to cut corners to like ship something out the door or whatever. Like it's not how I've ever identified but I feel like there's a bit of a perception out there that like I have all my stuff together. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, what I choose to podcast about and blog about and whatever contributes to that. I, I certainly don't intend to offer some kind of like perfect image of like what my life looks like or whatever. But I think, I think I juggle a lot of things and I think to a lot of people that makes them feel like I have my stuff together. And I think one of the fears that's there is just like, there's going to be a time when I'm, I'm going to fall off that pedestal for people. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what will cause that to happen. I don't think it'll be in my control, <laughs> like whenever it does. Um, and, and I may not be, be giving people enough, you know, benefit of the doubt with that, but there's just been some stuff that people have said that my clients have said that are really implying to me that I'm playing a really significant part in their lives, which is mm. a huge privilege. And like, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, like mm. I love to play that role. I love to support people in those ways, but there's a little bit of pressure that comes with that of just, you know, being that person for them. And mm. um, what does that mean to, to serve in that way and to serve a community? So um, I will say, I feel... <laughs> to be honest, I feel taking medication for anxiety helps with that, <laughs> yep. that I'm not, it, it's, it's allowing it to kind of, that pressure is at a level that feels healthy. You know, like mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like I, I'm, this is not keeping me up at night, you know, kind of thing, but I, I feel it and I recognize it and I can see, you know, when people are making certain kinds of comments that it's like, okay, this is like real for a lot of people and this really matters to them. And this is like life-changing stuff that they're dealing with. And in various ways, I'm a part of that for them. Yep. 
So there's a weight to that. There's a responsibility mm-hmm. there. There's a sense of just um, privilege, like like we've talked about. And um, so I feel like there's some fears in there of just, you know, can I continue to maintain that? And honestly, I feel when I really think about it, and again, I'm saying, I'm kind of speaking off the cuff here because I hadn't really given this a lot of thought. So when I think about it, I'm kind of like, well, I got myself to this point by just being pretty authentic. Mm-hmm. I, this was not my intention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was, I was just like doing the work, creating yep. the programs, like filling the gaps that I saw in what I felt like was a pretty natural progression of, of my own, you know, development and work. So I am just trusting that like radical self-trust all the yep. way of like, okay, I will continue then to develop myself and do it in such a way that is mindful of the work that I'm meant to be here doing with this community right now and in the future mm-hmm. and hope that that is enough and, yep. and that I will be kind of staying a little bit ahead of like where I need to be in order to serve, you know, in, in this capacity. Yeah. Um, so that's what comes to mind for me as something, something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Nodding a lot. Like, yep. I, I, that, yep. I get it. <laughs> Yeah. That is a whole thing for sure. And I, you know, I think you're, you know, you're wise to be thinking about what happens if something happens, right? Uh, you know, there's, there is the anxiety speak around that, which is like, I have to prepare for every possible contingency because something is going to go horribly wrong. Um, I say this from a place of having gone through a period of that where it was super neat, where I was like, when's the next shoe going to drop on my head? Uh, So I understand that very deeply. Um, But also there is, you know, I think we've all seen in 2020 that like, to some degree, you kind of always need to expect the unexpected because some sometimes life just throws something at you that you have no idea how to catch. And, uh, you know, how do you build your life in a way that you can either be responsive to that or that you can rely on others to help you or, you know, what, what are the things that you need to put in place to make that possible? So, um, you know, I think, I think you're wise to be thinking about that and also to be a little fearful of that. Cause like, it, yeah, there's a, huh? Well, it's a thing. I mean, I, I guess I would just say, if you're doing meaningful work, you should be feeling this to some extent. Like that's yeah. what I keep leaning into is like, this is normal. And if you're yeah. not feeling this kind of responsibility toward your audience or whatever, mm-hmm. um, like meaningful work creates this kind of feeling. Uh, yeah. and so I, I can recognize that. I mean, I also think, and maybe we talked about this in our, our between episode from this last season when we were talking about 2020. I mean, I think 2020 for people with anxiety was like, oh, so you all get to feel what I feel all the time. Great. <laughs> like Welcome. it was, it felt kind of <laughs> yeah. natural because it was like, oh yeah, yeah, everything's going wrong. And I, I do contingency plan and I do, you know, catastrophize yeah. and wow, all the catastrophes are actually happening. Um, <laughs> so I, not to like belittle that, but I think it's right. like, you know, there, there were coping strategies that I had uh, mm-hmm. to, and I, I could recognize what was happening and I, you know, I could kind of respond to that. And I think that, um, I mean, I, I feel actually really good about, you know, a couple of years ago now, I think maybe a year and a half ago, I made the decision to talk about how I have anxiety. And I was like, mm-hmm. that was something I had wrestled with for a long time of, yep. of whether I should be public about that or not. And I had like many things, you have to come to your own sense of like what your, what your boundaries are and what you're willing to talk about. But it was, 
I think it made me more real to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and maybe in some ways in a good way, in some ways that I'm high functioning with anxiety. And so then it just, you know, furthers the pedestal, which doesn't help anyone. But, um, but I think that, that I had so many people reach out and I had so many people talk with me about that. And I have a lot of clients who are Mm -hmm. clients who have diagnosed anxiety and, and they are drawn to work with me because they know that I understand that. But I think that I had fears at one time mm-hmm. about, you know, what it would mean to talk about that. I, and that's part of that performative piece. And, and I don't sure. really, I don't really feel that anymore. So I, I do feel like there is this, you know, one of the themes that I hear both of us talking about is like, the more you live your life and be a human on this planet, the more you're learning, the more you're growing. Mm-hmm. Like this is a constant process. This is yeah. like, you will always have evolution of fears. You will always have evolution of growth, you know, like it's, it's just going to be cyclical and, and you're going to kind of come around other things and, but hopefully you're doing it in such a way that it feels progressive yeah, (laughs) and that it like builds or it, or it matures in a way that you're like, yeah, I I see this and I feel like I have the tools to deal with it Mm -hmm. or recognize it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and to emphasize that doing the work doesn't mean that the tension goes away, right? Right, or that the problem goes away, or that the pain goes away. It it, it doesn't happen overnight, <laughs> um, and it is a practice. It it is it, it's a continuous like trying every day to to do it differently um, than either how you've been conditioned to do it or or whatever. And I think that applies to so many uh, so many areas of our lives. I mean, including a lot of this racial injustice stuff that you and I, Katie, have talked about a little bit here and there on the podcast. But um, you know, your your comment on on the sort of collective trauma piece, like, yeah, that really brought it home for people that, like, yeah, what we're going through, try try multiplying that times a thousand, and you know, you you have an an inkling of an understanding of of what a lot of our um, you know communities of color are going through. So um, being aware of that and also being aware that, that as, as a white business owner, right, I have a lot of work to do um, sort of diving into those patterns and those habits that I have that I don't even necessarily know about, uh, but need to build awareness for and continue to practice in that way too, right? Like those are priorities for me moving forward um, that, that I think are also going to shape and inform how I grow as a person and as a business owner. And so I'm, I'm interested to dive into that more and see where that takes me because it's going to take me places I can't predict. And that's kind of fun, (laughs) also kind of terrifying, Um, but just continuing to practice and and do the work and know that that's not going to fix it, but it's going to make, you know, make things better. um, Ideally, that's my hope anyway. Both I feel like you just, you've stumbled upon the, you've stumbled upon the new tagline for make your way kind of fun, but also kind of terrifying, <laughs> kind of fun, but also kind of terrifying. Start a business. Kind of fun. It's really true. But also kind, kind of, terrifying. of terrifying. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, but this was delightful, Katie. It was, it was nice to do a, a retrospective this season and nice to kind of go back and revisit an episode about fears like that was not something I had thought about and so listening to that was was a delight uh to you know and I believe at the end of that episode I said something about you know oh I wish three years ago Sarah could have heard this and I you know I'm sure in three years if I listen back to this I'll think you did say (laughs) that and I was like oh my gosh we are like so yeah between (laughs) Kansas comment and you like telling your future self to listen to this again yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. It it blows my mind a little bit, but this is why, you know, like I love documenting stuff like this. I love journaling. Mm -hmm. I love podcasting for this very reason, because then you go back and you're like, seeds were planted like early on. And we, that was what a lot of the season was about was like, look at how we planted the seed three years ago or four Mm -hmm. years ago or whatever. And look at what's happened to it. I mean, like that's crazy in some ways to think about that. I mean, it blows my mind. Yep. And it makes me excited to see what happens in the next three years. Me too. Or five or 10 or 12, whatever, you know, oh, <laughs> however well, Sarah, long it takes us to come back and listen again. <laughs> yes. Well, as we wrap up this season, Sarah, I want to thank you for taking two binge recording weekend days <laughs> to well, make thank this you. work. It's and been a delight. Yeah. And this may be our new recording style. This may be what we have to do to fit this into our lives, but it was so fun to reflect on this with you. And listeners, if you want to see show notes for this season, you can always go to drkatielander.com backslash M-Y-W. I always have to think about it too. I had to think about it. I was like, is it M-W-Y-W? It's been a while. It's been a while since we've recorded these episodes. Backslash M-Y-W for Make Your Way. And you can always find our show notes and contact information there. We would love to connect with you. Um, Even though we're not there very much, come on over to Twitter, say hi, send us an email. uh, And uh, Sarah, it's such a joy. Yay. So fun to catch up and just reflect on where we've been and, you know, try to hypothesize about where we're going. (laughs) Well, until next season. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Make Your Way. Show notes and a transcript for this episode can be found at drkatielinder.com backslash M-Y-W. If you found this episode helpful, please consider rating or reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.